and welcome to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here, as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, congratulations. Mazel tov. How about them, Cowboys, baby? Thank you for the service. You Thank you for your service. That performance. I did. Oh, that was magical. My man. Fortune, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Zeke having a solid game. Tony Pollard having a solid game. CD. CD. Michael Gallup having a good game. Eugene T.Y. Hilton. I was was going to say Tyreek Hill. T.Y. Hilton with some big catches. Xavier Rhodes, who apparently is on the Cowboys now. You know what's so funny about that? Is I saw him on the bench and I was like, was that Xavier Rhodes? And I have my phone on me because, as you are well aware, I don't want to talk to anybody when the Cowboys are on, especially during the playoffs. I don't want to talk to anybody. But my buddy was sitting next to me and he was on his phone. And I was just like, give me this. I need to look something up. And I need to type <laughs> up Xavier Rhodes onto Google. And lo and behold, he was on the Cowboys. And I just completely missed that. But I know, I know why I missed it. It was because he was signed on my mom's birthday. Also, he that's why played. I missed it. I feel like he hadn't played. Didn't they say he hadn't played before today for the Cowboys? Or I mean, before he hadn't no, played he before had, Monday? No, he hadn't played. Nope. Yeah. So Even that's probably squad then got elevated. Yeah. Yeah, because Dallas was only was only they, they only played last night with four active corners. Yeah, I heard Joe Buck say a eh, tackle made by Xavier Rhodes. I was like, did I just have a stroke? Xavier Rhodes? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even hear that. I just saw him on the sideline and I was just like, whoa, Xavier Rhodes. That's a guy that I wanted to draft 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, you know, kind of a big career dip for Xavier Rhodes, but happy that he's on a playoff team now with the Cowboys. That's winning. That's winning games. That's winning games, yes. Adam. The offensive line, a stellar performance. The defense. Oh, my heavens. Micah Parsons, you bad, 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 man. I was very worried when he was injured at halftime. I was like, well, if he doesn't come back into the game, the Cowboys might lose. See, you know, it was crazy. Even when Mike, even when Micah was hurt, I was comfortable. It's like they've done nothing. They've done nothing. I have no reason to worry outside of they have Tom Brady. Outside of that, the defense was playing piss poor. They couldn't run the ball. The offense was so out of sync. Like, there was, I was third quarter. I was fucking kicking it. I could have been on a beach in Cabo. That's how fucking comfortable I was. Yeah, it was basically like, um, you know, I don't know if you listened to Ryan and Greg on Blue Shirts Breakaway after game seven against Carolina last year where they're like, I went into that game expecting us to win. And like, no, and like, they knew that the Rangers were going to win that game. And at the end you were like, okay, it's over. Oh no, I did not go into that game expecting the Dallas Cowboys to win. No, well, I'm saying like, they were a lot more, they were very comfortable at at the end of that game. At a certain point. Yeah. At a certain point. Yes. I, I, my, my comfort level did. No, well, Going into this game, Tom Brady was undefeated against the Cowboys. 
going into career. this game, I was expecting we were to get absolutely smoked. I was expecting a vintage Tom Brady game. It was funny because I was listening to the Basement Talk podcast with you and Jake. And great program. Great program. And you were like, well, first blow, the only blowout of the weekend, Dallas against Tampa Bay. And I'm like, oh, Bird's right. Just not. Just I was the right. Other way. I was right. <laughs> I was right. Just, just not the way that I predicted. And by the way, San Francisco, the San Francisco 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys 45 to three. Yeah, that's going to be a rough one. Well, I know three, San Francisco wins. Well, I know you're trying to do like this whole like reverse jinx thing. 45 to three, San Francisco wins. Take it to the bank. But I do think that San Francisco is going to beat Dallas. 45 to three, San Francisco wins. All right. And Brett, well, and Brett Maher need, needed to be left on the fucking tarmac in Tampa last night. That was brutal. Adam, I've said on this podcast that he sucked before. He is the bane of my existence. Well, Besides a few women here or there, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, what? That's 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 not allowed. No, I just I didn't mention any names. I no, you didn't. Any names. No, I was just like, oh, okay. I guess a Brett, few Brett, women out there catching strays. I didn't mention any names. No, I didn't mention any names. I I keep myself I keep myself clean of all that drama. But Brett Maher needed to be left on the tarmac. That was for a split second. For a any second i was thinking that one or two of those missed extra points was going to cost us for a tiny second well i mean if you if the cowboys didn't score past halftime and you know the bucks scored three touchdowns and would have come down to a game-winning field goal with brett Ma- or a game-tying field goal with brett maher oh I, my, my, my heart would have been coming out of my mouth it would have been not not fun, not a fun time. No, my my heart either would have been coming up or coming out. If you get my jest, yes. Well, Jets legend for like two weeks, Brett Maher. Hey, I, I for for fun the other day, I started a um, a franchise mode with the uh, with the Dallas Cowboys, and the first move that I made this is before the game. This is before the game, mind you. First move that I made was I traded Brett Maher to the 49ers for Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold is just the king of consistency. So so maybe I did this to myself. <laughs> yeah, you put that you put that bad energy into the world. I I, I might have. I might have. <laughs> but anyway, so fun game, fun weekend. And let's before get we do anything, before we do anything, before we do anything, before we do anything, I mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I know I'm not going to be doing this on the uh, Basement Talk podcast. Mm-hmm. You just want to predict the conference championship games? Uh, what you mean, predict the, the divisional, divisional. divisional? I'm an idiot. I'm, a, I'm an idiot. Well, I I'm think tired. You, it's been a long day. You skipped a step. You were like, because I know what you mean, but I don't know if the listeners know what you mean. Because it's well, like predict okay. who's going to be I meant in the conference. I, I can't say that I meant it that way. It could have been construed as I was saying it that way, but I didn't mean it that way. But yes, I, I, I could have been correct. From a, As they say in Star Wars, from a certain point of view, you are correct. <laughs> then you are lost! Anyway, so let's predict the divisional round. Sure. Who do you want to... Well, we already know that you think the 49ers are going to be Dallas and 45 I to do. three. Yes, and I do too. Maybe not 45 to three per se, 
but I do think that the 49ers will beat the Cowboys. Cuarenta y cinco atre. Um, okay. We kind of let's work backwards then. So that is going to be the late game on Sunday. So let's go with the early game on Sunday. Uh, Bengals Bills. Oof. In Buffalo. Tough, tough one to pick. I'm gonna go with the Bengals. Honestly, they both looked pretty terrible in their games. They both their underestimated games. their opponents. They both underestimated their opponents, but I'm gonna go with the Bengals because I death taxes Joe Burrow. Yeah, and Joe I love Burrow. Josh Allen. Josh Allen is my guy. Josh Allen is my guy. He's also speaking of which, speaking of things that were said on the Basin Talk podcast. Yeah. Just, just the slander that you threw towards Peyton Manning. He's a five-time MVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, just an average quarterback. If you take away all of his, you know, accolades or whatever you or whatever you said. Early part, early part of his career is very. He was very inconsistent. And then Jim Caldwell came and made him a consistent quarterback. He won a Super Bowl with Tony Dungy. He did. No, he absolutely did. <laughs> but put the best numbers of his career with Jim Caldwell. That's true. Who the Arizona Cardinals should be hiring, by the way. Yeah, well, I'm I'll just say that I was very, very mad because I love Peyton Manning. He's fantastic. You love all doofuses. He's Derek doofus. Carr, Peyton Manning. What's next? You're gonna come you're gonna come on and you're gonna say, Oh, Eli Manning is the second coming. <clears throat> Another doofus. <laughs> He's not a doofus. Peyton Manning is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's not better than Tom Brady. Probably not. He most certainly is not. But he he's up there. He most certainly is not. He won he won one Super Bowl, two Super Bowls, and then got carried. Well, and then got oh. carried to another one. Okay. Tom Brady got carried to the Super Bowl in 2020 by the by his defense and his you running are game. Out of your, you are out of your <laughs> fucking mind. He did. That is, that is, absolutely irrational statement. That is an irrational statement, Adam. Tom Brady got carried to the Super Bowl by his defense. No, he was helped to the Super Bowl by his defense, but he also played his part. Did he not? Yeah, to a to a certain extent, yes. But he doesn't. They don't do what they did without that defense. It's it wasn't all Tom Brady. Mm, no, it wasn't all Tom Brady. No, but that Peyton Manning Super Bowl with Denver, a significant part. Of Peyton winning that Super Bowl was because was because of that defense. And if I'm not mistaken, Adam, I could be very wrong on this, but I'm just trying to recollect in my mind um, that a Super Bowl in early 2021. Didn't the Bucks put up 31 points in that game? Okay, they did, and they and- held they held the greatest offense in the league to nine points. Yes, they did. 
That's correct. The score of that game was 31 to 9. That's right. So, sure, they scored 31 points. Actually, how many of those were – did they score any defensive touchdowns in that game? Uh, let me look it up because that I am not sure of. I don't think so, if I remember correctly. No. I should I should remember that because I was actually – I was working that day. That was the worst. No, can you, can you, can you name the touchdowns in, the, in that game, the touchdown scores? I'll oh give you a God. hint. I'll give you a hint. Someone scored twice. Somebody did. Somebody scored twice. Somebody scored twice. Uh, did Leonard Fournette score twice? Lombardi Lenny is one. Okay, he got one. Um, Mike Evans? Mm-mm. Nope. Oh, did Gronk score twice? Gronk scored twice. Okay. And who's the man that's missing? I wonder if it's like, is it Godwin? Nope. Ronald Jones? Nope. Tom Brady quarterback sneak? Nope. <sighs> uh, I just sleep better at night. Oh, I? he did? Oh, yes. fuck him. Antonio Brown. Great guy. Noted piece of shit, Antonio a Brown. A great guy. You sleep better at night with Antonio Brown at full point PPR. Well, anyway, that's that's besides the point. We this is the great thing about the offseason is we could just go into into random discussions about about things, and quarterbacks and whatever. Well, you, you, and you never said who, who was winning this game. Who was winning this game? The Bengals yeah. and the Bills? Yeah. Um, I think that the Bengals are going to win this game. Okay. All right, the Saturday games. All right, let's go early to late. So Jaguars in Arrowhead, who do you have? This is a really tough one because I, I'm very tempted to take the Jaguars. Like I'm Can you imagine? extraordinarily tempted to do it. If we um, went back in time to the beginning of the year and said, hey, it's going to be a toss-up between the Jaguars and the Chiefs uh, in the divisional round. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Chiefs, but I think that's a closer game than people are going to think. I guess, I guess that is going to be a closer game. Yeah, I think it's going to be the Chiefs. I think Chiefs the, don't blow anybody out anymore. No, they don't. But they're they're an experienced team. Yeah. The Chargers are a special case where they're just cursed. Flip and flip the side of this game around. I probably would take Jacksonville. That's true. Arrowhead does. I mean, yeah. No, Arrowhead. Uh, Arrowhead does have that home field advantage still. Yeah. But you're right. The Chiefs have looked kind of mortal, but they're still good this year. And it's yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, they're, st- they're still good. They still have Patrick Mahomes. They still have Travis Kelsey. They, I mean, they're fine. Plus, it's Andy Reid after a bye week. Yes. So they, he almost never loses after a yes. bye week. Correct. Correct. I'll go I'll go the Chiefs, but close. I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well. The, All battle, right. the battle of the ex-Philadelphia coaches. Oh, God, that's right. Two Philadelphia coaches that have been to a Super Bowl. Yep. Been to a Super Bowl with the Eagles. With the Eagles. Yeah. Who was the coach when they lost to Oakland? Do you remember? Oh, God. Um, 
it was it was i don't think that was can you imagine if it was cotite it was dick for mel oh dick for meal yep wait that's true i mean that's right I guess so. 1980. Super Bowl 15. Yes, that's right. Oh, yeah, it is Dick Vermeil. What, you doubted me? Well, I was like, I thought that Dick Vermeil coached the Eagles in like the 60s. You doubted me, Adam. Not the you 80s. doubted me at Google. Yeah, well, anyway. Speaking of the Eagles, let's go. Let's talk about the Eagles. And sure. uh, the New York football giants are heading to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. And who do you have winning this game? You want to say it on three? Can you? I wonder if it's is it going to be different? I don't know. We're going to find out. Okay. One, two, three. The Eagles. Giants. Oh. There has to be an upset somewhere. Well, the Giants have have done this before. I literally said it to to my friends last night, is that they have experience as a six seed taking on one seeds. Yeah. Much to my chagrin. but Kind of like that one time in 2008. Shut up, Adam. Okay. Just saying. Shut up. (laughs) Nobody needs extended commentary. Shut up. (laughs) Yes, they they have experience. As a six seed, defeating a one seed, they go into Philadelphia. I think they win the game. Much, I mean, to, much to Jake's chagrin, because Jake, I don't know if you listened to the most recent uh, Basement Talk podcast that we did, but I said Jake, it twice. I have, yes. Oh, the most recent one that we did yesterday. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the one that we did last week. Okay, so the one that we did yesterday is when we were reviewing everything, and Jake's tone talking about the Giants. And I am the most anti-Giants human being you're going to find. But I'm also the most anti-Eagles human being you're going to find. And I thought Jake's comments about the New York Giants were borderline insulting. Well, He he gave them absolutely zero credit. He's just pissed off that the Giants have rebuilt, retooled, and reloaded faster than the New York Jets have. Well, you know, this is it's how Islanders fans feel, probably. Where it's like they've probably. had to deal, they had to deal with like 30 years of mediocrity and horror and bad hockey, and the Rangers rebuilt in two years. Correct. They made it to an Eastern Conference final. Yep. Different because the Rangers are a historic NHL franchise and the Jets are well, the Jets. Also, I guess the Yankees, too, because the Yankees rebuilt in like two years. The Yankees, the Yankees don't rebuild. They don't rebuild. I don't like that word when talking about the Yankees. The Yankees don't rebuild ever. We retool. The we Yankees reload. re the Yankees retooled. They barely missed the playoffs for like one year. It was ridiculous. We reload. We reload. We come back. Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, stunning one-two combination. But yes, I understand how Jake feels. I do. Honestly, I, th- I thought his comments were insulting. I really do. I and mean, it's a little hard. This is someone but... that hates the New York Giants. 
I found his comments to be absolutely insulting. I understand, but I, I, I understand how you would feel that way. And I understand Jake's feelings of resentment because I, I feel that way. At a, a part of me feels that way too. Cause it's for like, lack, come on. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Go. I was going to say for lack of a better phrase, he's closeted bitter. He's jealous. It's jealous. It's a jealous. Yeah. It's a jealousy yeah. thing. Good word. Good I'm word. jealous too. I'm like, why can't the Jets have good things? Because the Jets are allergic to good things. Because Joe Namath sold a solo in the Super Bowl. That's why. True. True. And according to my predictions, the Giants are going to go back to an NFC Championship game, and we'll have a rematch of an NFC Championship game between the Giants and the 49ers at now Levi Stadium, what was formerly Candlestick Park. Well, actually. I mean, Candlestick Park was is like 30 minutes south of Levi Stadium because they're in different cities, technically. But yes, yes, technically. Yeah, where Levi Stadium is, it's not it's not actually in San Francisco because that's where um, a few of my buddies went. They went to that Monday night game. Yeah, it's in Santa Santa Clara. It's in Santa Clara. Yeah, to get to get there is a journey from San Francisco. Well, I can't say anything because. Yeah, MetLife Stadium is in New Jersey and not New York. Yeah, but you could t- you could take you could take the transit system to get there. Kind of. I, I looked it up once on a whim. And it's, it's very kinda... easy. Very easy. Really? I've done it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's super easy. You take the, you take the LIRR, you go right into Penn Station, you hop on New Jersey, you hop on uh, New Jersey Metro. It's like two or three stops. You get off, and whenever there's an event, they have shuttles. Huh. Okay. Yeah, they have buses that are there, and they take you right from um, the train station to MetLife. Interesting. And it's like five minutes away. I just wish they had it on. They had something like in New York. That'd be nice. But that's besides the point. They do. It's called Mulcahy's Pub in Wontaw. Really? Yeah, absolutely. You pay. You pay a flat fee. Pay a flat fee. They take you on coach buses to and from. Tailgate beforehand, barbecue, beer, they provide it. All you got to do is, is pay, you pay the 80 bucks on top of the ticket of whatever event you're going to, and bam, you're completely covered. You can get as fucked up as you want. You don't have to worry about driving because they're going to take you to and from, no problem. You get to go enjoy the game, and when you're done, you get to sleep on the bus, sleep off your uh, your drunken stupor, and you're home in an hour and a half. Wow. Shout out Mulcahy's. Great place. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Learn nice something new every day. Nice, nice little tip for all the uh for all the uh New York listeners out there. Nice little tip. Yeah, Not I haven't sponsored. been to Bokeys wants to sponsor us. They can. I haven't been to a jet game in like 10 years because it's like kind of annoying. it's annoying to get there. Also, the Jets have been terrible. But well, I've also made the promise to myself that if by chance, if by chance a miracle happens and a certain team that I represent does make it through this weekend. I'm going to try my hardest to see if I can get to their geographical location. Well, it wouldn't be it, the, it would not be in Dallas though, unless the giants win. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. But even if it's not, even if it's not, I mean, it'd be close if it was Philadelphia. It would at least be closer to where you yeah. are. Yeah, 
Oh, the rekindle the rivalry between the the Cowboys and the Eagles. Got to get there first. Got to get there first. Anyway, that's besides the point. Let's go into some takeaways from the season, from the fantasy season. Great job killing almost 30 minutes. Yes, that's what we do. Great work. Great work. Thank you for your service. Uh, We're going to go position by position, looking at uh, just looking at stats, looking at numbers, looking at guys and seeing how they did over the season and kind of drawing some conclusions based on that. So, Bird, would you like to go go first and name a quarterback? By all means, Adam. How about it? Really? Unless you would like me to go first. Well, yeah, that's why I threw it to you. Okay, so if you'd like me to go first, I will go first. I was just being generous. I was being chivalrous by affording you the opportunity to go. Um, So my quarterback takeaway for 2022, I'm trying to figure out the way that I want to word this because it can be misconstrued in several ways. We've talked about this already on this podcast um, with our New Year's resolutions, and I'm going to emphasize this again. This is kind of my takeaway, but I think it's important to just kind of point this out. The takeaway that I have is that there's no right or wrong whether you want to take an elite option or a lower end streaming option. And what I mean by that is that the higher end options for next year, I'm looking at guys like Mahomes, looking at guys like Josh Allen, I'm looking at Jalen Hurts. Maybe even Joe Burrow just barely gets in there. But the main options that we're talking about are Hurts, Allen, and Mahomes. I don't think that there is a it's a bad thing if you want to try and get that positional advantage anymore. I like I was so against it coming into the year. I was super against it. Now, just looking at the way that the season went and just certain trends that you know went down, it, it's hard for me to ignore the fact that three of the top five in PPR scoring were quarterbacks, Mahomes, Allen, Hurts. And if you want to expand that search, in the top 10, you get another quarterback in Joe Burrow. So I don't think the higher-end options are a bad thing, but I also don't think streaming is a bad option either because, like we talked about on that show, and I don't, I don't want to spend too much time rehashing it, but you had options like Geno Smith, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, even Daniel Jones, Jared Goff. All those options did come out of the streaming pool. Those were options that as we got towards the middle, the early middle, late middle part of the season, those options became very dependable for fantasy managers. So you could take one of those elite quarterbacks if you want. I think as we, as we talked about last week on our uh, fantasy philosophy show, which by the way, we'll be coming back next week. We just thought we'd do something like fun here. As we talked about, if you're going to go with that zero, with a zero RB approach, Taking one of those elite quarterbacks really does help you with that. But if you're going with the standard running back receiver route, or you're going to go zero wide receiver and you're going to go running back, running back, running back, then you could also potentially take one of these, one of these quarterbacks. I don't know if I love zero or zero wide receiver in full and half PPR, but in non PPR, you could absolutely get away with it and still get your hands on one of those elite quarterbacks. So I guess my first takeaway for the quarterback position is the higher end options are fine. You, they're worth the price tag. It just depends on what the price tag is. And, and, you know, as we get more and more into the off season, we'll have more of that official data. 
And then the lower options, the streaming options are also are also terrific. And it just seems like those middle guys where coming into the year, I was really targeting those guys, those Lamar Jackson types, those um, even Tom Brady types, uh, Russell Wilson to an extent, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, those guys kind of flopped and they were kind of busty. Well, that's what I was going to say. Um, I was going to slightly disagree with you on that because, yeah, if you take the upper echelon, the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, that level, Jalen Hurts, I don't know if he was, I guess Jalen Hurts was drafted in that level last year, but like those guys in that next year, a lot of those guys didn't work out for you. So I don't know. It's like if you don't get those elite guys, it probably helps to just keep waiting for for a quarterback. I mean, honestly, you might get somebody like a like a Herbert, like a I mean, depending on Kyler Murray's situation, depending on if Tua even plays football again next year. Um, like you can get those guys at values in drafts now because they were coming off of down seasons. I'm just letting the world know right now that if Justin Herbert is available in round seven, I will be all over that. Yeah, exactly. I'm just letting the world now know right now that depending on where Herbert is in mocks and things like that in a couple months from now, if we're talking about Herbert being there in round seven, my God, that, that'll be one I'll be all over. I will be all over that. The Herbert Allen stack, a full year of that. Yes, please. Well, you, you'd hope. Yes, please. Um, I guess my uh, one of my takeaways, and this goes also to one of my New Year's resolutions, is to, as long as four point touchdowns still exist, be uh, invest in rushing quarterbacks. Just, All right, so we just we just copied our New Year's resolutions. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, no, you're right. No, you're right. I think there are a lot of people that, you know, they want to discredit the the rushing quarterbacks. I mean, look at a guy like Daniel Jones, right? He had 15 tu- 15 passing touchdowns. Justin Fields, 17 passing touchdowns. Justin Fields ran for over 1,100 yards. Daniel Jones had over 700 yards rushing and seven rushing touchdowns. Justin Fields you're, had eight. You're skipping over the obvious. Jalen and, Hurts. And, and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts Hurts, rushed for 13 touchdowns. Yeah, Jalen Hurts had 20-plus passing touchdowns. I was talking more about the guys that aren't necessarily the most prolific of of passers, but yes, yes. I mean, Jalen Jalen also had 3,700 yards passing. I mean, that's – for Jalen, I think that's that's pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, as long as as you're in four point per passing touchdown, those rushing quarterbacks are going to be very valuable. And even – even in six point, I mean, obviously, you know, you you still have significant value in the guys that are going to pass for a crap ton of touchdowns. Like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes will still be much more valuable in six point per passing touchdown than they are in in, in four, but they're still incredibly valuable, and it, and you're not going to go wrong, especially with a guy like Jalen Hurts, where he's getting you 13 rushing touchdowns, and Justin Fields is getting you over a thousand yards rushing. So. I agree. I think, you know, I, like I said before, I think I am going to be targeting rushing quarterbacks heading into 
2023 because i mean you know get with the times old man but like i I think that as long as six point or as long as four point per passing touchdown is a standard rule then rushing quarterbacks are inherently more valuable uh yes and no yes and no also the fact of the matter is that it's easier to get points off of rushing yards as opposed to passing yards because that that scoring is also different sure sure and that also is very league specific it depends on how you score like if you do a tenth of a point or a thousandth of a point or if you do a whole point per yard or per 25 yards or per 10 yards but that's just going down a whole rabbit hole of of scoring it's very league specific but i know the way i score all my leagues is every rushing yard is uh, a 10th. Yeah. And there are some leagues where each passing yard is um, point, I think it's 0.04. Yes. I think that's how the math works. Yes. Correct. So yeah, that's something that you have to look at when you look at the data. I, I personally like the one for 25, the one point per 25 yards. I think just the scoring is cleaner, um, but I don't mind the, the, uh, every one yard is 0.04. I don't mind that. Yeah. So anyway, so that's it. You have to keep in mind with your scoring system, but as far as like standard scoring, like it just makes more, it makes a lot of sense. And when you look at the data like that, you kind of have to reframe your mind in the way of fantasy, as opposed to like, maybe just Justin Fields doesn't look like a good quarterback as far as real life football. But for fantasy football, he looks very – he's a good player. He was a top five, top seven uh, quarterback on the season. And I'm telling you right now that if Justin, if the Chicago Bears get Justin Fields a proven number one receiver like the Philadelphia Eagles did with Jalen Hurts where they got him A.J. Brown, Justin Fields is going to fly up my board and probably a lot of other people's boards for, for next year as well. Aging Mr. At- Hopkins. Look at, his, look, at his, look at Justin Fields' numbers compared to Jalen Hart's numbers from last year. They're nearly identical. Aging Mr. DeAndre Hopkins. Could be. That would be pretty sick. Could be. Uh, okay, so I don't know backs. if he's the one, though, for a rebuilding team. I think – I actually uh, – Hopkins makes a lot of sense for the Giants. Oh, that would be absurd. And they And they still draft a receiver. But – Keep Isaiah Hodgins because Isaiah, Isaiah Hodgins is good. Yeah, and you can keep Kenny Galladay as a blocking receiver. Yeah. Do you see that? Do you see that pancake that he had? It was amazing. Of course I did. That was probably the one good thing Kenny Galladay has done all year. No, he scored once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Week 18 against Scrubs, still counts. No, it wasn't even against the Scrubs because that game was that game was still close. So I, t- I take that comment back. Congratulations. You have the same amount of receiving touchdowns as Zach Wilson. True. <laughs> uh, okay. Running backs. Do you want me to go to uh, go first this time? Go ahead. Um, hmm. Oh, I, it's hard to think about this without just rehashing New Year's resolutions. But um, let's go with uh, 
try take a shot on on the unheralded rookie or on or just take a shot on rookie running backs heading into uh next year because a lot of rookie running backs did very well in this past year whether it's Brees hall get well soon uh kenneth walker and um who else am i totally missing damian pierce obviously yep yeah so those guys did really well Rashad Rashad White. white yeah so you know tyler algier also isaiah pacheco isaiah pacheco there are a lot of good rookie running backs so i think that's something that like in the later rounds you know those guys are lottery tickets james cook also i love james cook for next year those guys are lottery even what we saw over the weekend how they wanted to really use him and devin singletary as we established last show devin singletary is going to be a free agent yep yep give me my james cook chairs please um but the thing with the rookie running backs, like, again, and we talked about this on the New Year's resolution show, and I promise my, my New Year's resolution is not what I said, uh, or my takeaway is not what I said in that show. Um, but it's important to point out, for those that didn't listen to that show, I'll give you the spark notes, but it's important to point out that rookie running backs always take time. Damian Pierce was the outlier for that because he was on a stinky, stinky Houston Texans team. They didn't have anybody else. Brees Hall, he needed time. Kenneth Walker, he needed a Rashad Penny injury. Rashad White, he needed basically half, if not three quarters of the season for him to finally start to get some looks with the Tampa offense and for him to finally start some games. So it they take a while. You have to really be patient with them. You can't cut loose. Uh, and even Tyler Algier, Tyler Algier, much of the same thing with like Rashad White. So you, you have to be able to be patient with them understand that you're burning a roster spot with them. And if, if you're a player that's impatient, then probably investing in those rookie running backs is not for you in redraft leagues in long form leagues and keeper and in dynasty. Of course you, you have to hold on to them, but those are also expanded rosters where they're much bigger. You can afford to have more guys um, marinate, I guess on your, on your benches and in, in, in those kind of formats. And, and, and obviously in redraft, it's a lot more difficult, but uh, yeah, the, the the rookie running backs had were all productive, all were solid for fantasy, and um, the next class should be pretty good with Jameer Gibbs and Brian Robinson, uh, Bijan Robinson. Oh my god, I almost said Brian Robinson, not also, Brian Robinson. Don't don't do Brian. Don't no Brian Robinson. Don't do that. Even though he could have been another rookie uh, running back that ended up being okay, uh, but. Yeah, Bijan, Bijan, and and Jameer Gibbs are the, the 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 two cream of the crop running backs. Yep. All right. So, what's your takeaway for the running backs? Um. So coming into 2022, what I really wanted to do, and and everyone knows me, I am all for players that play for their cash, and we had a lot of those this year. And if we look at the running back class. For 2023 free agency, it is absolutely stacked. You mentioned Devin Singletary, David Montgomery is in that class as well. But the four guys that I wanted to point out, uh, guys that had significant, significantly really good seasons and should be in line for big time paydays, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, 
Tony Pollard, Miles Sanders. Those were the four that really, really, really stood out amongst the group. Josh Jacobs, over 1,600 yards rushing, was the rushing champ for the entire league. Uh, Saquon Barkley, double touchdowns, over 1,300 yards on nearly 300 carries. Uh, Tony Pollard, double digit touchdowns, over 1,350 yards from scrimmage. Outstanding from, from Tony Pollard. And looks like he, after last night especially, um, should be the lead running back for Dallas. Uh, he he just should be because he was clearly the one they needed to incorporate more over uh, Ezekiel Elliott. And then, and then Miles, and then Miles Sanders. What's that? Did you mention Jamal Williams? I uh, didn't mention Jamal Williams, but, but yeah, I mean, those, these were the guys that I had down on my list coming into the year. Okay, I got you. But Jamal Williams, yeah, you could absolutely include in that category uh, as well with his 17 touchdowns. Um, and then Miles Sanders, over 1,200 yards rushing, 11 touchdowns uh, for him. Those are all guys that should, that should you should expect to get significant raises. And I know your next question is, Bird. Who are some of the 2024 running backs that are, are going to be free agents? Well, voice of public opinion, some of those guys that I had listed down that I, I did the research on the on this um, actually a few days ago when I was actually um, doing a story uh, on this. DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, A.J. Dillon, Antonio Gibson. Those are just a few names that I found in my research. Would you like to see I'm on spot track right now? And would you like to see some of the guys that are also pending free agents in 2024? Sure. At the top? Sure. It looks like Derrick Henry, Joe he'll Mixon. Get tagged, probably. Joe Mixon. Probably also get tagged. He'll he'll probably get tagged. That's a great one. And your boy, RB1, Austin Eckler. Well, okay. So my my next question, I, I maybe I should have rephrased. These are guys that were playing for their cash that are looking for their first significant contract. Am I wrong? It's, was was Mixon given an extension already? Was he? Yeah, look that up. I will look that up because I know I, I know Eckler was, and obviously Derrick Henry was. Uh, see, uh, oh. Why did it say that? Okay. So Mixon was. Yeah. Mixon, Mixon was given a contract essentially already. So these are guys that I'm looking at that are playing for that first big contract. So he, uh, so Mixon's going to be a 2025 free agent. That makes more sense. That makes more sense. I was going to say that the timelines didn't add up. Is this his fifth year op? No, that's not right either. Joe Mixon's been in the league for a lot longer than I thought. He was drafted in 2017, so. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. But those other two, Henry and Eckler, are going to be free agents. Cordero Patterson is also, but he's not Yeah, really... but over, over the hill, over the hill, like, some are young. Like, I'm looking for younger guys that are playing for that first big payday. Those are the kind of guys that I that I want to target. Like, let me try and, and pull up the list, and let's just see if I can find some other guys on this list that would apply, and not even just for running back, but in general. Um, 
well, okay. Uh, well, Joe Burrow has his uh, fifth-year option, but he's definitely one because then they can start talking about that extension. Uh, Jalen Hurts is in a contract year. That is, oh my God. Jalen oh, Hurts Clyde, playing for Clyde also has his fifth-year option in 2024. Uh, he doesn't really interest me that much. Um, just trying to see if anybody else really jumps off the page. No, not really for the running backs. That's kind of it. What about for the receivers? The receivers, I, the receivers, I bet will be will be interesting if Spot Track wants to load. Don't fail me now. Uh, okay, so we got. Oh dear. All right. Well, Curtis Samuel already got paid. Uh, Jerry Judy could be extended. C.D. Lamb could be extended. Justin Jefferson could be extended. Hollywood could be extended, and he he could be the number one receiver in Arizona if there's no DeAndre Hopkins. That's interesting. Just uh, look at Calvin, the entire twenty twenty, the entire twenty twenty receiver class. Yeah, those are guys that are up for fifth year options slash extensions. Calvin Ridley as well. T Higgins, Michael Pittman. Yeah. Oh God. There there are a lot of guys that are in. Put up or shut. Darnell Mooney, uh, he he he's a free agent as well. Gabe Davis, that's another one playing for his cash. There are there are guys that are out there. So the play the playing for their cash guys, that could be worth it. But the running backs is the position that I that I specifically selected for this. And Jacobs, Barkley, Pollard, Sanders were the ones that really uh, showed up. Random question. Shoot. So Calvin Ridley just flipped a switch in my brain. Because I was like, oh, yeah, Calvin Ridley. He, yeah, he exists. Yes, he does. Where are you picking? Now that we have we have played the season, you know, the Jaguars are still in the playoffs and everything. But what you see from Trevor Lawrence, where are you picking Calvin Ridley in 2023? Oof. Well, it's tricky because you also have Christian Kirk there. You have Zay Jones there. Evan Ingram, I would expect back because Evan Ingram was great for Jacksonville. I would expect they're going to make every effort to bring him back. And then you have Calvin Ridley now in the fold. It's a crowded offense with a lot of with a lot of guys needing the ball. And then you also need to consider Travis Etienne in, 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 in the running game. I would probably say this is without doing any advanced research, any projections, nothing. Just gut feel where I would be comfortable drafting Calvin, drafting Calvin Ridley right now. I would probably say if you were to do it in round, I would probably think about it in round six. But where would I be comfortable doing it? I'd be really comfortable doing it in round eight. I would too. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like you might fly under the radar in drafts. Because people are because out of sight, out of mind. I just don't. I don't really see Calvin Ridley being a guy, though, that I'm going to inevitably put into. Like, I'm not going to rank him as a top thirty receiver. Like, I I don't. Well, not yet, anyway. I don't think I will. I'm definitely going to have Christian Kirk ahead of him. I mean, Christian Kirk is going to be a top twenty four wide receiver. For sure. Um, and then outside of that, 
you know, it really also comes down to who who are you going to tell me that you'd rather have over Calvin Ridley? That's true. But I was, I was... my guess for him, and I haven't done any sort of concrete ranks yet, but my best guess is that at the most, I'm going to have Calvin Ridley as a 30 to 36 receiver. It's not bad. So a low, a low end wide receiver three, I think is the ceiling of where I would of where I would rank him. Now, what is Ooh. his potential on the field? Thank you for clarifying. I knew yeah. what you meant, but you know, the listener, your listeners might not know what you mean when yes, when I, I had to I had to put that out there. As for where he could finish. That's anybody's guess. That's anybody's guess, honestly. I think the one thing with Ridley is that he he can't be with the team anyway, right? As he's suspended. No. no. So it's not like it's not like he was injured and out for the season where he could still work with like Trevor Lawrence and build so, that rapport. He's, so I just I just looked up a set a set of ranks. This is this is from Mike Clay of ESPN. He has Calvin Ridley as his wide receiver 35. So essentially exactly where I said he was going to be in that 30 to 36 range. 30 Real is quick. on the is on the extreme high end. But here, here are the guys that he has around. Okay. That's what that was gonna be my my follow-up question. Here are the we're just so connected. Uh Christian Watson, Drake London, Brandon Ayuk, Hollywood, Mike Williams. Christian Kirk, I think he has Christian Kirk too low. Uh, DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, Chris Olave. That was wide receivers 34 to 24. Interesting. And the guys that he has just below, I'll just give you the guys that are 37 to 40. Uh, George Pickens, Jahan Dotson, Cortland Sutton, Brandon Cooks. Yeah. I mean, that's I think I would probably that seems like a good place for uh Calvin Ridley at this point. It's extraordinarily risky considering the guy hasn't played hasn't played football in what will what will be at that point almost a year and a half. Yeah, well that's true because he was when he got suspended, he wasn't he was already injured. Or not right. injured, he was already he already stepped away from the team. Right. So right. That was it was after the London game last year. Yeah. Or I think it was before the London. I don't think he went to the London game. Okay, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. You're right. You're right because that was when that was when everyone was going crazy over Kyle Pitts. That's when Kyle Pitts had his first career touchdown, and that was the that was the game that would forever be lauded as Kyle Pitts's one and only touchdown. Didn't even come to the continental United States. Yeah, and the Jets were terrible, as per usual. Mm-hmm. All right, so the uh, the wide receivers, the wide receivers. Would you like to go first? Sure, and, and I'm good. I'm gonna kind of not necessarily toot the zero RB horn, but I'm going to. Uh, for me, the, what I learned from 2022 is the high end receivers are the safest, most reliable way to go to start drafts. And I know Adam and I had a whole discussion about this on the Fantasy Philosophy Show. I'm not gonna spend too much time on it, go listen to that show. But 
Adam and I have very different opinions when it comes to zero RB. Um, I actually think Adam would love the zero RB approach just because it takes risk out of absolutely everything, especially if you're outside the top four of, of drafts where you're not necessarily getting a hold of one of those high-end elite running back options. Um, but with that being said, if you can get your hands in 2023, if you can get your hands on a Cooper Cup, a Justin Jefferson, a Tyreek Hill, a Stefan Diggs, a Devontae Adams, maybe he has Tom Brady, who knows, um, one of those guys, you're starting your draft really, really, really pretty. Uh, Jamar Chase, forgot about him. Um, you're starting your draft really, really, really pretty. And I'm almost certain that depending on how I rank the top four running backs in drafts, which for me right now, let me just pull them up on my notes here. So right now in PPR in full, my preliminaries, I did a little bit of, of running back. So my top four right now, I have McCaffrey at one, Eckler at two, Barkley at three, and Derrick Henry at four. And what format is that? Is it full. half? Full. full. Yes. Okay. Yes. Also, I feel like I, I still feel like I wouldn't like zero RB because I feel like it's more risky than drafting the traditional way. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the no risk, safest guy in town, Mr. Adam Caster. Well, no, well, he's afraid just, to go out and see the sun because it might burn out his eyeballs. That's not true. I'm just saying the I'm countering your point, saying that zero RB eliminates risk because it doesn't. Well, it does eliminate. It, well, it it does and it doesn't. Because you have to hit, obviously, but you have to hit whether you go zero RB or not. Well, yeah, but there's a lot more pressure on with zero RB because of how well, like running backs are. are. Yeah. Depends on where you are. I mean, if you're drafting the top four and you decide to go zero RB, yes, absolutely. There is much more pressure because you're passing on one of those elite running back options. But if you're outside the top four and you're not looking at one of those elite guys and you're at five, right? And you're faced with Jonathan Taylor or Justin Jefferson. Let's just say, who are you taking in full PPR? Who are you taking? I take Justin Jefferson because Jonathan Taylor sucked last year. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to Zero RB. And then... And then you're automatically to say to yourself, oh, wow, look at all these running backs going off the board. And while you're zigging while everyone else is zagging, guess what? You might have the potential to land on an A.J. Brown in round two. And you see A.J. Brown there. Who are you going to take? Are you going to take A.J. Brown in round two? Or are you going to take Ramondre Stevenson or Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb. There we go. Nick Chubb or A.J. Brown in round two. Who would you take? The good question. This is a full? Full. Oh. AJ Brown. Thank you. There you go. There you go. See, Adam, you're already a zero RB extraordinaire. We have fixed this problem in less than 180 seconds. Yeah, well, zero RB is four rounds of that. I don't think I can do four rounds of that. Sure you can. It's very easy. Just got to live in the wild side, baby. 
yeah. Also, I don't know. Whatever. That's besides the point. Oh, I'm. I, I don't know where. I, it, it's probably going to be in the uh, in the non guillotine, but I think that's where I'm going to do my zero RB this year. Depending on depending on where I select. If I if I'm in the top four, then I don't know if I'm going to do it. But I think for the live draft, the live draft that that we do, that is where I'm going to do the zero RB. For a second there, I thought that you were going to say, I'm going to make, Adam, I'm going to make you pick late in the draft, so I'm going to force you to do zero RB. Oh, you'll probably pick late in the draft anyway, considering the, the draft order that we've done for that league is, has never been kind to you. It hates me. It does. It hates me. It does. Oh, I should know. Wait. Did I get the third overall pick in that draft? No, you got, or was that- no, you got 10. No, no, not not this past year. Wasn't there one year where I got the third overall pick in that draft? Was oh, that I have the... no idea. Whatever. There or fourth. Was it the was that the year maybe it was 2020 where you because we were back to back that one year where you you were like, if you pick Michael Thomas, I'm gonna kill you or something like that. Sure. You have better memory than I do. I don't know what I had for lunch today, Adam. For some things, I do. Anyway. I don't know what I had for lunch today. For some things, I have a good memory. For others, not so much. Uh, what's your uh, receiver takeaway? Um, it's kind of similar to yours. Uh, receiver is just the depth at the receiver position is the Mariana Trench. Mm. And you can find guys anywhere. And how many years in a row have we said this? You can find guys anywhere. Yep. At this point. Yep. Um, if you don't have at least one good receiver on your team, then I don't know. I don't know, man. Just because, especially if you're in like a, in 10 man and shallower, like, I don't know what you're doing. Cause the receiver position is so deep. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going off of uh, Mike Clay's ranks because his are very complete. I mean, if, if, if you're, if you're set like Adam on going heavy running back and you're not drafting a receiver until maybe round three or round four, and you're staring down the barrel of starting a receiving core around maybe a guy like Michael Pittman or Terry McLaurin, and then a Brandon Ayuk and a Deontay Johnson, uh, and then rounding that out with a Christian Watson or a Hollywood or even a Calvin Ridley or a Jamison Williams. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I yeah. can get on board with that. Although I think I might split between a running of back course, and receiver. Of course, Mr. Conservative, he's going to split. He's going to split right down the middle, per usual. You are the easiest human being to read in fantasy. Probably. Oh, absolutely. But, I, yeah. I don't know. Last year, I picked back-to-back running backs. It was, like, kind of okay. But, I don't know. I think... I don't know. I will, I will not say anything, but either way, receiver is a deep position. Yes. And that team, that team that you mentioned is, is very good. Well, it's not very good, but like, it's a, it's a good starting point. It's a good start. It's a good start. And we see receivers pop on waiver wire all the time. And plus, I mean, it just depends on what you're looking at as far as uh, even the high end receivers. Like you never know what's going to happen in a given year. I mean, who would have predicted that Mike Evans would just be like non-existent 
bar two weeks of the season. Yeah, on a per game basis, yes. On a per Five. game basis. Um, but then you have guys like Garrett Wilson, for example, who popped up on waivers, who people were not drafting, unless you were me, in the non-guillotine. Every league that I was in, Garrett Wilson was drafted. Really? With the, with the exception of one or two. But he, was he, he popped up on waiver wires probably, and people loved him. Uh, Zay Jones is a, is a late, late uh, season guy. Yep. Juju. People were who ended up having a pretty solid season. Oh, Juju was drafted. Juju was drafted. I I took Juju in a draft in round six. He was drafted, but I don't think people expected him to. I mean, he was a slow start this season for sure. Yeah, but guys that popped up on waiver wire. I mean, the the, the one waiver wire guy that you know was the darling was Garrett Wilson, and then next to him, you're looking at Traylon Burks. Uh, Christian Watson was the big one. Yeah, Christian um, Watson George- was the huge one. George Pickens also. Sure. Yep. Yep. That's another one. Um, yeah. KJ Osborne had a couple of good games, but yeah, the receiver position is so deep. It's it's scary how deep that position is. It is. It's a, it's extraordinarily deep, and you could decide to take your chances and hope that there's gonna be a receiver that pops. Hint there will be. I don't know. I, I, I'm I just kind of I, – I have to do a ton of mocks on it, and I haven't done one yet because obviously the season just ended, and I'm not going to be doing any mocks until probably March. But, I mean, just looking at the start, I mean, you could if you could build – you could very realistically, just looking at this list, you can definitely, with the way that drafters are in casual home public leagues – if you were to just embrace zero zero RB, you could definitely get it get a hold of top the three of these top twelve receivers out of Jefferson, Chase, Cup, Diggs, Hill, Adams, Lamb, St. Brown, Brown, Waddle, Smith, Metcalf. You could definitely get three of those. And in full PPR, you're chilling. Yeah. All right. Tight ends. The tight end position sucks. The end. Yes, yes, it does. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. And and no matter no matter how many times we talk about this position, saying that oh there might be hope, oh there might be this guy, oh there might be that guy, blah 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 blah. The tight end position absolutely sucks year in year out. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. If you're not getting Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews or even George Kittle. You are just praying that whomever you're going to take is going to is going to be that guy. And quite what honestly, a uh, TJ Hawkinson too. Yeah, TJ Hawkinson is is definitely uh, the one. It, it it really is like there is a clear top five out of Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Hawkinson, and Goddard would probably be how I would rank it. And then you have Dalton Schultz in there, depending on if he's back with Dallas. But then outside of that. You have guys like Fra- Pat Fryermuth, Darren Waller, um, Zach Ertz. Uh, I know there's if Zach Ertz doesn't retire or something. Yeah, if Zach Ertz doesn't retire. I know there's someone I'm fucking forgetting. Um, oh, Kyle Pitts. Oh, what about, of course. What about your favorite son, Cole Komet? Oh, Cole Komet? Great guy. Love him. What about your other favorite son, Taysom Hill? Taysom's a gentleman. Taysom is a gentleman. I will not have him ranked as a tight end. 
if I if I do, it'll be a, it'll be at a borderline top thirty-two tight end. Borderline top thirty-two. Borderline top thirty-two. I'll be interested to see to see with uh, if if Sean Payton does go to Denver. I could see Greg Dolchich as potentially interesting. I thought you were going to go in a very different direction. I thought you were going to say, I wonder if Sean Payton brings Taysom Hill with him to Denver. Oh God, that'd be, that'd be a nightmare. He loves Taysom Hill. Like his own son. Well, it would be closer to where he went to college. Kind of. He would. He would. Up he would Provo, be, Utah. Yeah. He, he's a Cougar. What's BYU? Hail BYU. Hail victory. I don't know if that's, I don't, whatever. Even though Denver's uh, in Colorado and Utah, it's, it's a state over, but still. Let's see what the BYU chant is. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, I can't say that on here. What do you mean? Oh, oh, oh boy. Okay. I'm getting off of this before I get flagged by the FBI. What the, what did you look at? What did you find? I looked at BYU chant. And some things came up that I can't repeat. The Brigham Young University? That's the the one? The Brigham Young University, yes. Oh. Well, let let me know, off air. Yes, and for anybody that's listening, if you want to go find if you want to go find out and potentially be flagged by the FBI, go out, go go have a look. Well, if Bird does get uh, taken away and arrested. I am. I will be in the market for a new co-host. So submit your applications. <laughs> oh, Jake. <laughs> that too. We might move. We might hire internally, but still, submit your applications. <laughs> well, that is about it for this episode of the Basic Talk Podcast. Fans and sharing. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Birdsall, I am Adam Castor, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye, bye. <laughs>